Welcome. Morning. All right. Steve. Huh? <laughs> Les, missed you too. So we've got we'll be praying for her. We got this kind of gunks going around, making the rounds around people. So keep praying. Do the things God wants them to do. Uh, <clears throat> you guys remember when uh, Hope and Adria were here a few weeks ago? And um, one of the things Hobe had asked for was uh, laptops for his classmates at his, the seminary. And uh, so I know a few people here, uh, quite a few people maybe, I uh, don't know exactly, contributed to that and sent laptops. And so uh, just in case you missed it, he put a thank you video on YouTube. And I just wanted to make sure you all saw that. So here's the video. Hello, everybody. Your missionary friend, Job Gomez, and I'm really excited because I'm here with my brother, Ronnie. He's one of the students. It will be a huge blessing for him because today uh, he has he is going to stop the struggles of studying because he doesn't have a computer. He do. A brand new computer through you guys that you have uh, that you have done it. But let let's ask him how he feels with this new uh, computer, with this blessing. Uh, hermano Ronnie, cómo ha sido para usted estudiar eh, con solo con su teléfono? Bueno, ha sido un poco difícil, ya que bueno, primeramente mi celular estaba un poco dañado, pero eh, ha sido difícil realmente estar en cada una de las clases. Eh, tener que recibirlas y, y llevarlas a cabo ha sido un poco cansado tanto para mi vista como para mis oídos porque no escuchaba muy bien pero el señor ha sido bueno y fiel y gracias al señor también por recibir este donativo el hacer las tareas y tener las clases con esta computadora pues primeramente una gran bendición verdad una gran bendición Y ahora poder trabajar de, de una manera digna realmente, como, como se debe, y realmente hacerlo con excelencia también para, para el Señor. Y realmente eso es lo que buscamos, ¿verdad? Hacer con excelencia cada una de las cosas. Y muchas gracias también por esta bendición, ya que no solamente estoy siendo bendecido con las enseñanzas, que el Señor nos ha mandado, ¿verdad? So, thank you so much, everybody, that you believe in other students and thank you so much for believing what we're doing god bless you awesome so yeah thanks y'all donating to hobe and his classmates all right yeah services to be announced for Sharon. Okay. All right. Well, let's pray. Well, there it is. Father, uh, pray that you would awaken our hearts and every Sunday morning that we gather. And I just pray that uh, you would help us to be with you here and to be focused on you and the things you have for us. And uh, Father, uh, pray for Dee. Um, I pray you just help her to get over that infection she's got going on. 
Father, for others who are struggling with illnesses, I pray that you would help them with that. Thank you for Wilma as she uh, recovers from her surgery, and uh, I just pray you'd help her to continue to recover. Sharon's family, um, pray for Trisha's family, pray for Trish as she mourns the loss of her sister, and uh, I just uh, pray that they would all feel your presence with them, and uh, I just family. Father, thanks for uh, Wendy and Sherry being back with us this morning. And uh, thanks for Les and I just uh, thank you for all that you do for us. I pray that uh, those watching at home would be able to watch. There's some issues with internet this morning. I just pray that you would uh, take care of that as well. And for those who are watching remotely, they'd be able to to join in uh, the way that they can. And uh, Ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. May your name be treated as holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what does that mean for God's kingdom to come on earth? Well, we have to remember that Jesus... He ...told the story of God and all humanity. How God created a well-ordered world and appointed humans to rule it on his behalf. And when humans rule with God's wisdom and love, and when justice and peace prevail and there's enough for everyone, that is God's kingdom and God's will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's no easy task. Humans foolishly rebel and start building their own kingdoms by their own wisdom. And so God chose one family, the Israelites, and he offered them his wisdom. It was called the Torah, which in Hebrew means the teaching. And beginning with Moses on Mount Sinai, God entered... ...to be transformed by God's wisdom so that they could represent God's kingdom before all the nations. But in Jesus' day, God's kingdom was nowhere to be seen. In fact, Israel was under the thumb of Roman oppressors. So what? They thought it wasn't coming because Israel wasn't being faithful enough to the Torah. Other leaders, called the Sadducees, thought it would be best if Israel found a way to cooperate with Rome. And so they became the power brokers of Jesus' day. Some ran for the hills to become freedom fighters against Rome. They're known as the Zealots. And still others withdrew to the desert, waiting for God to use them to start a new Israel. But walk around the hill country of Israel, like Jesus did, and you'll mostly find normal people figuring out their lives as best they can. Most were barely hanging on, lots of poor and sick people. Many had lost their land to the Roman occupiers and were struggling to pay the heavy taxes. They were powerless and hopeless. And so Jesus went to these people, healing the sick and announcing that God's kingdom was arrived. And said the arrival of God's kingdom was starting here and now with them. You mean with the powerless, the weak, the nobodies, God's kingdom begins here? Yes. This is why the very first line of the Sermon on the Mount is, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, where can you go and see God's presence and blessing springing to life? Among the rich? Among the powerful? No, Jesus says. Look where people are poor, where they feel crushed and defeated. God's kingdom is beginning with the people standing right here. From the moment that I wake 
Sermon series. We're going to look at something that might be helpful if you've been in uh, the workplace and everybody showed up wearing a certain sweater or t-shirt or some kind of outfit. They all go to lunch. Well, we we sent out a memo that you know we were going to go. So it, important information gets shared. By way of memo, sometimes the uh, uh, instructions for the week from whoever. (laughs) So we're going to look at memos from the Messiah. These are things that he has said that are uh, primarily shortly before his crucifixion. 
So this is leading up to that time. We're coming up on Ash Wednesday, and then there's a 40-day countdown to to Easter, and so we have this whole, it's, it's a period of time uh, called Lent. It is typically a Christian, a period of time for mourning and repentance and and very heavily guilt, and which I think is really the wrong approach. So eh, I don't want to do that. I think this is about a time of celebrating what Jesus has placed to make this new life possible, which seems pretty exciting. And from his lead to that time, which is filled with life. So. We're going to take it from a different angle. Well, I know you're surprised we're doing different, but we're going to do different memos from the Messiah. So let's start with uh, So Yahweh is the name that God the Father introduced himself with to Moses when he said, what is the name that I should take with me They were being held down there in slavery. They had gone down there voluntarily and, and lived well, and then things changed and a new system came in. And God said, I'm going to get them out. He's going to use Moses to do that. He met Moses, so he's... fourteen. So he's saying, uh, what's your name? Yahweh which is I am, I am who I am. I, I am the one who has always been, is, will always All of those things wrapped up in this name. And so we, we, we have Yahweh, and we have Yeshua. And Yeshua is involved in this as well. He, he is the manifested presence, the visible image of God the Father and and of representative on earth. This is prior to role. We meet him in Bethlehem and so he his name is Yeshua, which is by the time we get it translated it's Jesus. So we value of human beings and wants a relationship with them, and he is connected with them in various ways in various places, and he is now calling us to come come back to him. And Jesus comes to earth from heaven. So we've got the the images up there, heaven. So he's, he's out in eternity. He always has been. He always will be. And he is uh, the one who knows what's happening out there. So he is born onto this planet. So he, he enters earth, the transient. Is just this, this is material universe, different from the heavenly one that is eternal and has been out there and God's out there. And so here, now we have this. So we have access to a person who knows what's out there, bringing that info to us and saying, this is how you live. And let me explain how, what, what's behind the curtain so that you understand more about what God has intended, what he wants to accomplish, where he wants to go with this. So he's carrying a lot of info, and he's the only one who's, I mean, that's where he's from. So listening to what he has to say is really important. Some Bibles put But if you remember, he's the word. He's been speaking a long time. He's the creator from the beginning. So even... A lot to say. And he's pointing us 
in the direction of how we can have this relationship with Yahweh and connect with heaven. And he's inviting us to go along on, on this journey. So, our Lord's path. This is, this is him bringing this thing uh, to be. He, is, um, he has prepared the way. He has um, been uh, at work uh, long before he was ever born because he's given the prophets bits of information about himself so that when he came, it would be ready, readily available to look back and say, oh, that, that, that's you, that was you. He explains it later. It's not all that clear, but it's, it's laid out so that Bethlehem and, and grows up uh, in Nazareth and learns his father's trade. So he is a builder. He is a tecton, which is, uh, there, there's carpenter, which just, just look at some pictures of Israel when they show you images of ancient Israel. So what need do they have for a carpenter? Because, you know, you, today we think, well, you frame a house and you got two-by-fours. Remember the trees. It's not that full of trees. They have them, but they're a builder. Built with everything. It's whatever they had. So he's a tecton. So that's what he He's, he's learning. So he's got that trait. He knows about they didn't, they didn't have grocery stores like we do. There's different setup. So he's, got, he's working through that. All of that prepares him because the illustrations he gives us when he's talking about building, when he's talking about uh, what fruit comes from certain things, He's been prepared, and he's preparing, and then he has been exposed to to the things uh, that every at that point the Hebrew Old Testament. They were familiar with the stories. They read from Scripture every week at the synagogue. There was explanation of those things and that was what school was about learning those things learning how to read and write uh, read and write and do some math but a whole lot about these stories and the other things that were that affected them in in their day so they had a lot of different things that they could they could read but they were really familiar with the scriptures so he's he's Is, is taking those realities, those truths, and he's, he's unique. But he's growing up and ex- experiencing as a human the things that, that were unfolding. And then he's presenting these truths to people who lived life like fishermen or people taking care of the home or the angels at time, but he was interacting with every kind of person and helping them to know something about the kingdom of God. When he shows up, he says, that's why I'm here. I want to introduce you to the gets done what he desires to be done. It's him bringing his reality to earth. And he's going, I know about the kingdom because we want to bring heaven here and and have you enjoy that, enjoy that kind of life. I know that kind of information so that you can learn how to do this. 
and how to, how to live that life here in your time with the people that are around you and in your experience. I'm going to bring that to you. So he's presenting that, and he does that. He's teaching. He's, he's a sermon on the mount. We had earlier the Bible Project intro on that, and important values and we're supposed to even pray that that god the father would bring heaven here that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven and you're going wow okay so you're the one who knows yep he brings frightens the devil in some cases scares the devil out of people but he is dealing with the enemy who is trying to drag people down. And so he shows up, and that enemy is not just the... Age. It is the spirit in human beings in rebellion against God. It's people wanting to do their own thing. It's, it's religious leaders who think they've got it together, and they have missed it. And he's trying to come into this place and point that out and when he starts to do that he gets pushed back people get the more good he does the more they want to get rid of him so it increases that takes him to a number of trials and he is from their perspective happily dead because we stopped him from doing that anymore and then from prosecution climbs out of the grave (laughs) he is just back the huge rock that covered up the entrance to the tomb is blown away and he's out he is alive and he is ready for eternity but he has just proven everything he said was true no one else has ever done that no one else could come and say that's what heaven's like because we typically take that as human beings well that's your opinion thanks for sharing i've got my own idea and my idea is better because it's my own how you do it this is how you live life this is what's coming and we got to deal with some things in you out too and his death does incredible things and then he proves he's telling the truth because he is resurrected he's alive just like he said he would be so he's got a path there's there's a whole path in this this is this is all your your big setup here i'm getting you ready for where we're headed with this this is growing in the knowledge of jesus promotes some things growing in the knowledge of jesus and we need to know him we need he's the one he's the one who's going to give us these memos so we need to know what's going on and what what he Jesus promotes research. It, it causes us to go, or, or it can lead us to dig in and to really uh, discover what is going on here. What did he say? What? Why did he say it? Why did he say it to those people? Why did he say it at that time? What is he trying to accomplish? And what? what is he bringing with him? Because so much of what he's saying in the setting and the day in which he spoke was built on what had been said in the Hebrew scriptures and the history that led to this moment. So we got a whole lot that goes into this. And we can just pick out passages or a verse or a few words periodically as Christians and and we'll put them on a little magnet t-shirt or something and, and we go, that's it. That's what he meant by that. And you go, hmm, could be totally out of context. Mm. 
No, you may be tortured, persecuted, and suffer. Those things. We need to research. What did the one who came from heaven have to say to people here on earth in his day? And how does that affect us? What did he say in context in the time that he spoke it? Because that makes a huge difference. And how do we get a hold of that apart from digging into it? Assuming it. If, if you give a 15-year-old the keys to your, your car, and I'm sure you've all done this, you just hand the keys over because you what the traffic laws are. You wouldn't do it. Why would God turn you loose with your assumption that you already know all you need to know about heaven? has given you information vital that into this world and into yourself he's probably provided all that but it requires again research that means bible study it means digging in reading some books trying to find out some history i'm just not into history it's time to get over yourself This matters. When you evaluate your life, today, I want you to look back and say, you know what really mattered was just going with my assumptions? Or is it time to dig in? Research. What he really said, not what somebody made up, not an opinion, the things he said, and then you're ready to live your life with him back in eternity, which is where you will be in a thousand years. Research. Growing in the knowledge of Jesus promotes research. It promotes communication. There's just this go back and forth, this talking with him. And you may not have done this or not done it much or done it in a very formal, rigid way. He wants communication. He wants to talk. He wants to hear from you. He wants to know what's going on in your life. It's not like he doesn't. No, he just wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear it in your voice. He wants to hear how you feel about it. And he has some things to say. Some of it may be correction. Some of it may be highly encouraging. Some of it may be in terms of guidance. Falls off. Just, he just has things to say. And that communication goes back and forth. And sometimes we become very religious and go, well, you know, I, I gave him, I had a quiet time, and now I need you know, some kind of trophy because I had a quiet time and I spent 15 minutes. I read the Bible and I prayed. Man, that was a great time and fellowship and friendship and thanks for being my friend. To spend time with him. And we may need to dig into the scriptures to find out some things or get past our assumptions. But we also just need to talk with them. And then sit there and listen long enough that we hear from him so we know that he is talking back in some fashion. That he will communicate with us. And that he will wrap his arms around us and help us through the day in ways we can't imagine. Growing in the knowledge of Jesus promotes curiosity. Curiosity about him, about heaven, about life, about death. You ever run into people just, man, don't talk about that death thing. That funeral home thing scares me to death. You know, just scares me to death. That was awful. Um, Just the whole 
idea of discussing it and and you're going um uh you're on hospice care i think we need to chat maybe you got some papers you need to fill out you need to think about this and uh And they miss it. Curiosity says, you know, I'm going to spend more time on the other side of that casket than on this side. Maybe I should be curious rather than in denial or pretending like, no, that doesn't really happen. I'm the one person that is going to escape this. Yeah, I'll take those odds. Just... with us but he wants us to be curious about the world we live in he has hidden things on purpose in this world so that we would look at the cells what's the what's the riddle of dna you know that you know you're just lucky to figure out how to have a live birth 120 years ago so here we are and we can move some things around in, in DNA and, and they've been here all along. God put them, put them there. He's like, yeah, go find out. How does that work? How do you get from this place to that place in the air? And some folks looked at wings like the right brothers and go you know if you do it kind of like the birds and you have this shape look at that you get lift and here we are flying around all over the world now like it's just a normal thing we don't even have to think about why not 1703 1603 they're still hiking around hard wheels terrible roads you go What's up with that? They weren't curious about some of these things. They were curious about some other things. It took them a while. We have the history of science. He has put that stuff around us, how the whole world functions and how we work as government and governments and societies and how we can learn things. And he's saying, I'm, I've hidden all... You can read the, this is in, actually from Proverbs. Out there, and in the, the, the book of Ecclesiastes, when he's writing that one, because he's a little negative till the very end. But he's the reason he's looking. He's like, how does this work? How do people work? How do how does how does society work? How does how do plants, animals, how, how does it work? And as you recall, the one thing he asked for was. Curiosity. Go find out. Be curious. Find out what God has. And in this case, we're trying to grow in the... Okay, how do you be a God-man? How does that work? What is he... Uh, instructing us in? What, why would he give us this information and not that information? Why... Why is it that he made such a big deal out of certain things and 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 yet in in our thinking just you're thinking about politics because you know we've got a presidential thing the biggest thing Jesus shows up from heaven from eternity, comes to earth, walks around, he goes, You know the biggest thing is we've got to get rid of Caesar." Remember that? We need a new Caesar. We need another governmental system. Remember remember when he was there was like pages and pages of him really ranting? Never mentioned it. He meets Roman officials. He doesn't 
why? Why would he say that? Why wouldn't the biggest thing on everybody's mind not be the biggest thing on his mind? If you're There's something else, other things that matter. So, your growth is by intentional effort. Your growth by intentional effort. You must grow by the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. Second Peter 3.18 He is summing up, that's the last verse of Second Peter. He's summing up all that he said. This is the apostle, and he walked with Jesus, and now he's lived until about 65 AD when the Romans decided he didn't need his head. Or no, he got to go upside down. Paul went with the loss of his head. So he is saying, this is, this is important. This is the thing that, that puts it all together. I've walked with him, and I've walked with him all these years. And let me, let me just tell you, this is what you need. You need to grow. Grow in the grace. That's God's coming alongside, empowering, doing it his way, walking in the kingdom. All of those kind of things are part of the grace as he's working that out. Knowledge, the and knowledge in this context is not knowledge about. That's the American version of knowledge. You know something about, you consider that equal to experiential knowledge. No, not in Hebrew, not in Greek. When he says knowledge, he means you are fully familiar. You know him not only in terms of information, data. You know him in your heart. You know him like You've you've sweat beside him. You've bled together. You have experienced life together. You grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which requires that research. It requires action. It requires going along with him and learning all that he has uh, to teach you. All all that he has you designed you for in your in the time in which you live. He wants to bring all of that. But you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he doesn't skip anything. Lord, when he's talking about that, that's, that's, that's a high position. That, that puts him at the top of the heap. And that's the, the same word that they uh, would use to fill in for Yahweh, uh, the Jewish translators often would put Lord instead of writing the name because it was too holy. This is Lord. He's in charge. He's the one who is to be honored and to be lifted up, which this is pointing to in in our Savior. Yeshua means the one who saves. So he is our Savior, and he's the one who died on the cross to change everything. To eternal life he's made it possible for us to pass from this life relationship with him to enjoy all the fruits of the kingdom and all that God has stored up in heaven for us Savior Yeshua the one who saves Christ the Messiah Mashiach the one who has been promised since the beginning in Genesis 3.15 all the way down mentioned over and over again this one that God is sending this this one who will bring salvation and life and a possible uh, means of opening the door so that we can actually he is making all that possible so get to know him our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he can't stop himself from saying, in all glory, <laughs> all glory to him, both now and forever. Because there is no one else like him. Get to know him. 
So we get to look at some memos. We get to look at the memos, the things that he said, and the way he said them, and in the context in which he said them, and spend a little time. said that can time and then it will impact everything from here on out so buckle up memos from the messiah that's where we're headed let's pray father thank you thank you for jesus thank you for sending him jesus thanks for coming thank you for making yourself known thank you for teaching and modeling and for all that is unfolding here and now and all that is to come. Lord, we thank you for all of that and indeed may There's an endless song where try the sound of every tongue when the bride of Christ on the day of days brings with joy unto the land a multitude of praise like the roar of my seas and rolls of thunder hear his people sing
Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen.